about six months ago um, we sold the car uh, we had a 2005 Honda Civic that we had owned for about 10 years it was great super reliable we had just bought a new vehicle um, and didn't need a third one so I did what I've done several times before I put it on Craigslist um, I did the research like what looked like it could be a fair price for the condition it was in um, and it was in rough condition uh, but then I posted it and it took uh, a couple days before I realized I wasn't getting any kind of action on it so dropped the price and continued to do so until I started to receive emails or calls inquiries because I wasn't super uh, hung up on the price I just kind of wanted to get it out of the driveway and one day I got a call um, from a guy and as those calls usually come they're they're never in like convenient times I was interacting with the kids and trying to get them together for something and anyway it was a rushed conversation um, and I just got very minimal details but either way we arranged for a meeting to sell the car and uh, so that day came and we got together I, I showed him the car kind of laid out all the the good the bad and the ugly about it um, it was there was a lot of ugly uh, I think the, the heat would only work after second shift or after second gear um, Yes, you know, there's a lot of noises that were managed by just turning up the radio louder. Um, so I was honest. I was a good, you know, good, honest person when it came to this exchange. Um, so what we did was uh, he still wanted the car. Uh, it was a cash deal. So we went to the uh, DMV and he, uh, uh, we made the exchange. I had the title already notarized and all set to go. Um, and so we made the exchange and uh, I left and then he went in the in the DMV and, and did his part with the registration um, however one error I made was, uh, and I had I haven't done this before since we already had the other car usually when I would sell cars on Craigslist it was because uh, I needed uh, you know I didn't need the extra car but the registration would still be in my name so I needed the license plates we had registered this new car in Liz's name so she got her own license plate so there wasn't a mental trigger to take off the license plate and so probably three or four days later uh, I'm uh, again sitting with the kids and I get a phone call it's from uh, like New Philadelphia area so I pick it up and the guy in the other line says hi is this Nathan hand I said yes it is he said Nathan this is the uh, Tuscarawas County Sheriff's Department uh, we are calling because uh, someone in your car took off on us uh, yesterday and uh, we're trying to track this person down and also make sure that it wasn't you <laughs> uh, so Immediately, I knew I didn't take off the license plate. I knew that was the problem. Um, and so he, this officer on the other line was less than comforting. Uh, he, he 
made mention of like, hey, you really need to take care of this. This is a big deal. You don't want a SWAT team swarming your house in the middle of the night. Let's, you know, let, you don't know what this guy's gonna do. And it's true, like if he like robs a bank and use a car that still has my registration tied to it, you know, that's a problem. Uh, so I said, uh, yes, sir, right away, sir. I will take care of this, sir. And uh, I called the BMV. They sent me to the BMV in uh, Columbus, and I called them. And there's a bunch of forms you have to fill out and get those notarized and send them down. And uh, it takes a while to process. Um, in the meantime, I was desperately trying to reach this person I sold the car to because um, he seemed like a nice guy. <laughs> nothing, you know, no, no response, you know, text message calls, nothing. And so uh, about a week later, I was I had all the forms turned in like that day I got the call from the sheriff's department I did everything I had to do now I just had to wait for them to officially cancel the registration so I about a week later uh, I hadn't quite gotten up yet but the kids were starting to get get up and, and Liz was up we hear this pounding boom 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 on our on our front door and then it stopped and then we heard the pounding boom 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 on the side door and it stopped and Liz uh, is kind of panicked and the boys are awake now and she runs upstairs she said Nate the police are at the door <laughs> and I was like what and so I came down and it was from the Stark County Sheriff and he said uh, yeah we found this car it's registered in your name um, there was someone who was passed out in the vehicle um, you know I'm trying to make sure you know figure out who it is and he's like, clearly it wasn't you, um, so you know, don't worry about it. But then I gave him all the information like that I had about the transaction. Uh, but wait, there's more. The so what I thought eventually I got the form said yes, your registration's been canceled, you're good to go. Um, but eventually I got a uh, a letter in the mail from. Uh, fire department and it was the uh, Plain Township Fire Department and it was an invoice for an ambulance um, that that I had apparently used uh, to go to the hospital and that's like that became its own little thing um, but basically this person was passed out in the car they were transported to the hospital the hospital just you know said it was me and it wasn't me, but then I had to prove it. You know, it's, it was a total mess. So there's a lesson here. <laughs> Always make sure you get your license plate. Uh, but it also uh, is, a, is an example of this uh, person, this buyer, uh, just kind of like living this life as though he's a different person. He's... he's uh, being deceptive he's uh, kind of living this uh, portrayal of someone that he's not um, so he's deceiving others and portraying this lie and I was the one paying for it um, when we read this passage in 1st John uh, the author which is widely uh, accepted to be John uh, mentions this idea of living a lie or portraying to be someone that you're not in verse 5 and I'll read verse 5 through 7 again 
This is the message that we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and we do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we say we have fellowship with God, yet live in darkness, we're pretending to be something that we're not. This is serious stuff. And sometimes you might think to yourself, well, I know I'm not perfect, but am I living in darkness? You know, I'm not going to finish up preaching here today and then go home and, you know, egg my neighbor's house. You know, that's not, I'm not going to be that inconsistent. It's often easier for us to to see that sort of thing in someone else, right? To, to look at the faults of others. But even then, it's only, it only appears when it's obvious. You know, you, you, you have to see something that's a little bit more obvious. Like, well, that person certainly can't be a Christian or a Christ follower. But yet, even today, the obvious uh, isn't always so obvious. Um, the range of acceptable Christian norms uh, is pretty vast. And what does that even mean anymore, right? So, given our context, when we read this passage, it seems to force us to ask some follow-up questions, or at least it forced me to ask follow-up questions. Namely, what does it mean to be in the light? Does it mean to be the most enlightened? Uh, to have the best understanding of the biblical teaching? In the Bible, this is the path that the teachers of the law often took all the time. What is the most best way was their pursuit? What are the best rules? In fact, what is the best interpretation of those rules? They're always trying to pin Jesus down on this sort of thing. Asking him in Mark, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Or, or even, is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? Or my personal favorite, and hang on, this is a doozy. Then the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves his wife but no children, the man must marry the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first one married and died without leaving children. The second one married the widow, but he also died leaving no child. It was the same with the third. In fact, none of the seven left any children. Last of all, the woman died too. At the resurrection, whose wife will she be since the seven were married to her? <laughs> I like to think that if the Bible... Uh, were written now or if Jesus were alive today he would follow that question up with dude <laughs> they were constantly trying to pin him down on these really specific rules um, it's kind of like uh, you know parents we know what it's like to be asked kind of ridiculous questions uh, dad what's the opposite of a pickle <laughs> I don't know but just like kids, these Pharisees were searching for absolutes. I need to know what the answer is for every scenario. But they were missing the point, and Jesus often said as much, responding in parables and stories. You see, in the Bible, light is a major illustration. It's a major uh, theme. From creation, the separation of day and night, 
to John's own gospel. He talks about uh, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. In John 8, he says, he talks about Jesus saying, I am the light of the world. John takes this theme and then he applies it to this letter in 1 John. At the time, John was kind of overseeing some house churches and they were going through a crisis. Uh, these churches were made up largely of Jewish followers of Jesus, uh, but some were going as far as even denying Jesus as the Messiah. So yeah, a pretty big crisis. And John's reminding them that God is revealed in Jesus. He is the light. But John also addresses this idea of fellowship. If we claim to have fellowship, he says, if we claim to be in relationship, but walk in darkness, we're living a lie. He's fighting against the tendency toward the law because Jesus fulfilled the law. So his focus is on this relationship with God, this fellowship with God. And the churches were focused on tending towards the law still. They couldn't get away from that. It was like getting married legally, but then not engaging in the relationship. You claim this relationship, but then if you don't pursue anything afterwards, you're married, but are you in a marriage? So they were claiming that fellowship, but living a lie. So John points to Jesus. So how do we know that we're in right relationship? How do we know that we're in the light? Uh, later in chapter 2, John adds more. In chapter 2, verses 5 through 6, he says, This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Look at Jesus' life and emulate it. So not only does John emphasize Jesus as the light, he is the light to be followed. He is the light we are to walk in. Now, it's easy to gloss over, but the word walk is pretty important here. John does not say to find the light or to stand in the light, or he does not even say to be in the light, as the popular DC Talk song once told us. He says to walk in the light. To be in the light or to find in the light and stand in the light, that's the pursuit of the Pharisees. To find the most enlightened rules of life and stand in them. It's like uh, if you've ever been in a wedding party and they put pieces of tape on the floor and they're like, that's where you stand. You just kind of get there. You, don't, you aren't really sure what to do. Your heart's not really in it because it's not your wedding. You know it's going to be a long day. Just tell me where to stand. That's, that's what it was like. This is where the light is, so go stand over here. Or these are the rules of the light, so follow them. Uh, but if we walk in the light, as chapter 7 says, or excuse me, verse 7 says, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son purifies us from all sin. Walking implies a journey. Walking implies movement. And walking implies changing contexts. Now imagine, you just had a baby. Some of us don't have to actually imagine this because it did happen. But imagine you just had a baby and the hospital's 
gives you this this handbook and the handbook is rules for taking care of your child so before you're getting ready to go home with this newborn baby maybe it's your first time they hand you this this book and it says here's all the rules for taking care of your child and you're like great this is fantastic inside that book are rules like feed them every three hours change your diaper every two to three hours make sure you put them down for a nap three times a day make sure you have skin to skin time with them at least twice a day these are all very good very sensical rules and they would work right you you would be pretty successful it would work until it didn't right because the context is going to change the baby will grow up so imagine your baby grows up and now they're like a preteen and you're still trying to do skin to skin with them two times a day or lay them down for a nap three times a day or feed them a bottle every couple hours the context has changed if you keep applying these rules what would have made you a good or consistent at least parent in the beginning now makes you a terrible one in fact people would probably even question your actual love for this child because you haven't adapted to the new context this is why Jesus's arrival in in and life is so important he was the fulfillment of the law he was the embodiment of God's vision for humanity God didn't send a second book of rules to be adapted to the changing times he sent a person and when it comes to walking in the light as the people of God it's Jesus who shows us how to do that when we want to see what God is like we look to Jesus when we want to see what it means to walk in the light we look to Jesus our human tendency is to desire concrete absolute laws when it comes to doing the right thing right tell me where to stand because a lot of times it's easier to understand that way and it's easier to apply and that's what the religious people of Jesus's day wanted tell me how much to tithe oh yeah I don't murder you know they had they, all these rules where it's just tell me what to do and I'll do it the teachers of the law always tried to get Jesus to proclaim legal absolutes and the closest thing they got to to uh, Jesus proclaiming universal commands were his two rules right love God and love others even these laws force you to always be asking the question well how do I love them right now how do I do that in this context what does love look like this also means that walking in the light is not always going to be easy you won't always have this like perpetual warm fuzzy uh, feeling of doing the right thing that confirms that you're on the right journey I really like uh, riding my bike and uh, last summer when I was working a little bit more I would ride my bike to work to the office as much as I could it usually ended up being at least once a week and one uh, it was a Monday there was a Monday where uh, I was I was taking off to, to ride my bike uh, to work and uh, we live uh, near um, uh, the both the gritters 
and Celia. And uh, it was a Monday morning, and it was gonna looked like it was gonna be a nice day. It was gonna be pretty hot in the afternoon, but the morning was perfect. I took off to ride my bike to work, and I remember riding by the gritters, and Dave was outside, probably gardening or something, um, and he said hey Nate, have a great day at work or something like that and I was like okay I will you know riding my bike you know feeling really good being environmentally friendly getting some exercise and then I uh, crossed Cleveland Avenue and I uh, zipped by uh, Celia's house and she was on her front porch and she, she said go Nate go I was like okay you know and uh, I told my wife later that I was like it was like the perfect way to start a Monday morning at work <laughs> It was like I had a team of people cheering me on, like, you got this, buddy. You're like, a, like you're in a musical or something. And uh, so I rode to work, and like I said, I, I really enjoyed doing it for the exercise, but also you feel good about, you know, environmental sustainability and stuff like that. Uh, it was not that way on the ride home. Uh, like I said, it was a very hot day. And uh, if you know anything about where Celia lives, she kind of lives on the top of this big hill. And so... You get the encouragement from her and then you zip down this big hill, you know, you feel like you're, you're a kid again, off to your day job. But on the way home, you got to climb that hill. And this is after, you know, several miles anyway. And it's, you know, in the 90s with, you know, crazy humidity. It just didn't feel the same, um, you know, coming home. I was a sweaty mess. I was, you know, kind of drenched. Um, I didn't have the same hype team out on their front porch to, to encourage me, you know, at the end of a hard day's work. Um, but that's the way it kind of is. Like, you're, you're not always going to feel like this warm and fuzzy, you know, everyone coming alongside you telling you, hey, you're doing the right thing. You're on this right, you're on the right journey. You're walking in the light. You won't always have a personal hype team. <laughs> um, and you won't even get it right all the time. That's where verse 9 comes in. And John says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim to not have sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Walking also means tripping and occasionally falling. But if we maintain fellowship with him and we walk in the light, He's faithful to forgive, dust us off, and help us carry on. So what is it for us today? What is our context? How do we walk in the light today? Um, there have been a lot of emotions in the last year, I think, when it comes to the, the pandemic. Um, one of the emotions that I'm having a harder time to hard time shaking is this feeling of personal disappointment in the uh, response of the church and maybe specifically evangelical church um, uh, to this to this uh, global thing we've had here. For a long time, we've uh, there have been voices that have said we need to get back to being a Christian nation, or we need to uh, pursue prayer in schools, or we um, need to get back to to doing uh, 
to being the kind of nation that um, you know God would have us be and here we were given this opportunity um, where our very own government was saying please love your neighbor put a piece of cloth on your face <laughs> like love those who are the most vulnerable uh, do what you can and yes I know it's complicated yes I know it's difficult yes it you can't simplify it down to that much um, but there were a whole host of us who were just like no thank you I don't think so we were given this opportunity to do the exact thing that we have been talking about to love the most vulnerable around us and do it in a way that's you know not really um, I don't know not really that difficult in some ways in some ways in a lot of ways it is um, and so I guess I can't I'm having a hard time feeling shaking that feeling of disappointment uh, and wondering what our context looks like now what does a post-pandemic Christianity look like um, did we miss an opportunity to be the light um, and how do we continue to walk in the light uh, after this is all done so as we look at our context uh, as we enter into a new one may we think about what it means to walk in the light because it's going to be really really important and when we engage in relationship with others may we continue to ask how do I love them right now how do I love them in this context and if we claim to have fellowship with God may we be faithful to look at the life of Jesus as our guide for how we are to faithfully walk in his light. Amen.